now plugged in to the Delphi Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Delphi Podcast. I'm Tom Shaughnessy, and I help lead Delphi Ventures, as well as host some of the most in-the-weeds and thought-provoking guests across crypto, spanning layer ones to DeFi, NFTs, and beyond. The goal is to have fun, but also to dive deep and offer foundational episodes on projects and founders. Also, check out our research on Delphi Digital or miss out on the most compelling research there is. It's up to you. As a reminder, nothing said on this podcast is a solicitation to buy or sell any security or token or to make any financial decisions. Delphi Ventures may hold tokens mentioned, so check out our transparency page in the show notes for more info. With that, let's dive in. See you guys on the other side. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Delphi Podcast. My name is Rob Sauer, and this episode is a part of the Delphi Web3 series, where we've invited some of the top minds building and thinking about this space to better understand what exactly Web3 is. On this episode, I have the pleasure to be joined by Stefan Simpkin of Squads, a DAO and governance coordination protocol built on Solana. Stefan. Glad to have you here. Hi, Rob. It's, it's good to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, like cannot wait. Uh, obviously, we've been chatting for months at, on end. Um, really, just before we kind of like dive into everything Web3, we'd love to just get your background, what kind of led you here and uh, ultimately to building squads. Sure. Yeah, um, I come from a legal background. I did corporate M&A for a couple of years before this, mostly in London and Moscow, doing sort of, uh, you know, structuring M&A transactions, uh, working in the in office. Uh, and then uh, around 2017, uh, got into crypto briefly during the boom and kind of started looking at the space. Uh, some of the clients at the time were also like asking, you know, what's what's going on there and uh, got deeper back into it uh, during the pandemic and really started sort of diving into the governance space, trying to sort of see how it was, you know, how crypto was it like disrupting the industry. I'm kind of familiar with and, and kind of feeling, feeling comfortable. And uh, that led me to, um, yeah, to the rabbit hole as it does and then kind of started looking at alternative layer ones and sort of seeing you know what was else out there and learned about solana and just about that at that time actually the solana season hackathon which was in may 2021 rolled around and i thought well it was time to, to jump into the space and yeah i got a few of my uh friends on board and we joined the hackathon founder uh, sort of tech lead there and co-founder, and then um, yeah, I mean, we've been been building ever since. It was a it was a journey, but it's been uh, really really fun and rewarding. So we're uh, we're really excited. It's amazing. What kind of like I guess drew you into the governance aspect itself? Um, was it just like a lack of uh, governance protocols built on Solana, or just taking a look at what was over an Ethereum or any of the EVM chains? Like, what kind of brought you to that uh, situation? I think it's uh, it's a mix. So I was like feeling that I was most well positioned to um, do something in Web3 in the governance space rather than like in DeFi or anywhere else. So I was looking at the governance space closely anyway. And then looking at the Ethereum space, it felt to me like there was a lot of innovation. But actually, like at the time, there was, you know, a bit less than now as, as it exploded recently. But uh, I think like it, it seemed to me that obviously some of the limitations that, you know, Ethereum has um, were sort of preventing some of the like, you know, more um, advanced governance experiments that you can do. And also like we're preventing uh, essentially to go sort of the full mile and actually sort of uh, come up with really interesting complex uh, organizational structures that you could like really implement on chain. And so I started looking at alternative layer ones and Solana versus like other IBM chains. Uh, it wasn't like, um, you know, it wasn't like a super weighted decision at the time. Like I'm glad that we landed on Solana in the end, but at the time it was like more about the sort of community and the people. And I was just, you know, 
at the time, Solana seemed like, and still is, right? It's super vibrant. There's tons of people. And uh, it, it seemed like it was really like the place where things might might happen. And just the talent kind of attracted me. And just like going through that, even hackathon formation chat and seeing, you know, the level of sort of interest to, to join the space and, and, you know, learn the new language, even that like also, also was like a huge drawing for me. And so all of that combined, I felt like, yeah, I mean, we can definitely try and build something on Solana. And at the time there was not a single, you know, governance related tool at all. So obviously like from a sort of a market share perspective, it seemed reasonable at the time to get into the space. Um, and we were like heavily betting that Solana will take off and it did. And so it worked out fairly well. Mm -hmm. It seems like squads like what you're describing is essentially like a framework where like kind of the representation shifts from more of like the rec model of where you have like everyone voting on tokens. Like, can you go into a little bit of detail of like how squads kind of differentiates and kind of puts power back into like the user itself? Sure. I, I think, yeah, in the context of DAOs, like that's the, the main, the main sort of thesis behind squads is like we are. Uh, essentially allowing for the DAO to departmentalize, right? And and create these sort of smaller cells within that have their own sort of authority and have their own budgets. And essentially they can be like, you know, there, there's like different level of independence that each squad can have from the DAO. Uh, but I think in the end, like it's, it's really flexible and customizable, like depending on how you want to like, depending on the org design that you want to sort of pursue. Uh, but I think the, the core idea is that like, you know, we're seeing that, Sort of governance participation uh, seems to be an issue, and like generally the idea that if you go and fully decentralize and like your treasury and like controlled by your token holders and like the program updates are controlled by token holders, and that's like for protocols. Then like you know for a few thousand people voting on like every little thing becomes an issue, right? And so it's sort of like this trade-off: like do you stay and kind of focused and agile with a multi-sig and a snapshot voting sort of mix, or do you sort of decentralize? But then like you need to find this. Uh, you know, so, sort of like a, a way for making it more efficient. And so the squads framework is essentially there to create these like smaller sub DAOs, like departments within the large organization. And, you know, each one of them will have their own sort of uh, area to focus on. Like some of them, you know, will be like a treasury squad or there will be like a sort of dev squad that's there to, to ship updates and so on. And so the idea that like it, it kind of allows to, um, yeah, to departmentalize this through, through the framework and kind of make it more more efficient. Because now, a few thousand people don't design on everything. Everybody has their own area which they sort of directly focus on. Makes a lot of sense, especially from like the ownership level. You can do it from more of a close knit group, and uh, as the smaller the group is, the more that can get accomplished at that like micro level, and it kind of rolls up to the macro level of like the DAO itself. To take a step back a little bit, um, when it comes to kind of like Web3, how do you uh, imagine kind of like governance fitting into this? And I guess like from that broader scope. Yeah, I think, you know, in terms of like Web3, uh, one of the core sort of uh, things about it, right, is like it's it's the it's the internet that's owned by users, right? So it's like we essentially own uh, everything, you know, we own the protocol, everything that, that happens with it and, and, and everything. And so I think like governance is key to first of all that sense of ownership right because that allows you to have that kind of say in what's happening to the protocol that you're using or like in the dap that you're using in, in the future and so i think like that governance is a huge part of, of that but also you know governance is is super important from from a standpoint that it really allows for uh for full decentralization at some point right so it allows for the team for the core team that like initially build the protocol to essentially at some point give up control over everything and the users get to really govern what's happening to the sort of protocols and projects that they're, they're, they're interacting with. And I think that's the core, 
that's the core of it. And, you know, there's still a lot of things to figure out in the space. Uh, and I think like we're just kind of scratching the surface in a way. Um, but once like we get to, you know, w- once we get to a place where it kind of is solved and figured out and like we understand what's sort of the core tooling stack and how it all works together, uh, it can, I mean, get close to that kind of, uh, uh, you know, idea that, you know, it, it is really a decentralized, decentralized internet. So I think it's, it's a crucial part of uh, what we're trying to build here. Well, I agree, because when it comes down to it, it's like having these broader communities um, is kind of incentivizing users to just be one with uh, another when it comes to that Web3 aspect. Now, I guess taking a look at kind of the DAO tooling ecosystem built on Solana, like what are your thoughts there? Um, obviously going through protocol to protocol, like there's not really much available to teams to, uh, to really work with. So how is this being developed? Have you been speaking with teams? Are there teams that are very like active uh, in this space? Or is it still kind of everyone's doing their own personal stuff and building it more on an internal matter? Yeah, that's uh, that's been actually accelerating for the last few months. Like uh, you know, I think around September, um, it was uh, was yeah, it was nothing really there. And then yeah, for during the last few months, like it actually kind of exploded in a way. So there's essentially two governance standards on Solana now. So there's one is like SPL governance that uh, is kind of built by by Solana Labs by, by Sebastian Bohr. Uh, who developed this like really cool agnostic framework and you can really sort of, um, yeah, it, it's really customizable. Like you can really plug it into sort of your own uh, governance processes and do like what you want with it. And and at the same time, it can also have like this sort of general appeal if you put in, and that's exactly what sort of Solana Labs have done. Uh, you know, they've incentivized a lot of contributors to, to come and help. It was also done with, you know, huge help from like the Mango Markets team and, and Max uh, from there. And essentially they, uh, created this sort of nice UI for it now as well. So for some of the DAOs, like they don't, they don't want to build their own governance, it's, you know, they have the full framework there. Like you have a sort of treasury, there's proposals, uh, everything on chain. And essentially, if you do want to decentralize, like what Mango did exactly, uh, you like, you know, right now Mango is fully decentralized. Like the treasury is held and controlled by the token holders. The program updates are controlled by token holders. So I think it's uh, also interesting that they kind of led by example because they were sort of first and uh, because Solana didn't have that like past of using off-chain voting plus multi-sig um, I think most protocols that are decentralizing now they're like getting straight into like a full decentralization uh, side of the spectrum rather than having like some kind of middle solution um, and then there is a second standard which recently sort of came about which is uh, Tribeca DAO uh, it's kind of, kind of like part of the Sabre ecosystem and it's uh, I think right now, like the main focus is delivering the curve style voting. So it's, you know, voting escrow uh, lockups. But I, I think like the standard is fairly sort of agnostic as well. Like in the end, like you can use it to kind of build, you know, different types of governance frameworks for your protocol. Um, we haven't seen anyone on Solana yet build like, uh, you know, their own internal governance. Like you have like on Compound or on Uni, uh, like baked into the protocol interface. I think that's something that we still yet to um, yet to see. Um, and so I think, yeah, that's like on the sort of general level. And then on the more granular, like there's Grape that do uh, gated Discord servers and they have been huge. Uh, you know, they've been there for like, yeah, for, for I think six months now already. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the most like widely used tools on Solana in general. Like everybody has a gated server and they like have a, an amazing team that like is always there to support you. So Grape is uh, really, yeah, out there. And uh, a lot of the DAOs that like, started on Solana around Autumn, which were like formed around NFT communities, they essentially like all they had was a, you know, gated server with Grape, which was uh, 
yeah, which was a huge help, I think, for them, and, and still is. You know, they they still use it a lot. And then, yeah, I think in terms of like DAO tooling, there's a, like there's obviously squads that's gonna sort of fill in uh, sort of another gap uh, because also like you know there isn't really a multi-sig solution on Solana yet. There's no like Gnosis safe type solution. Um, there's Goki protocol that are building something um, something in, in that, and then obviously you know a squad. If you don't want to plug it into a DAO, can also be used as a multi-sig and even have like a super simplified. Flow, which is like just you know owner's threshold and they're good to go so i think the space is maturing and like it's interesting to see uh you know where where like the new tools come from i think a lot of the we just got like this huge wave of structured products on solana as well and so like a lot of the DAO treasuries now have like a really sort of you know user-friendly way for the community to sort of diversify the treasury like and invest in these balls and there's like katana and friction uh and i think there's some more coming up so I think all of that combined, like the infrastructure is is maturing for for you to run your own DAO. I think the only complexity that the ecosystem is facing is because of the sort of architecture of, of you know the way Solana works. Basically, it's really hard to have like off-chain voting. Uh, we don't really have snapshot, and so that's like one of the one of the sort of drawbacks. And so it's like the, the way sort of voting works on Solana is like you need to stake those tokens, uh, and essentially everything happens on chain. So like you stake them, you vote, and if you withdraw them during the vote, your you know, vote is discounted from the proposal. So I think like there are certain uh, limitations that people are sort of trying to, to deal with. But at the end of the day, uh, I think it al- also helps that, you know, it kind of goes straight into the sort of decentralization um, spectrum right away. So yeah, I think uh, we're, we're getting there. So, so in a way, or a great way to kind of think about this is you guys um, kind of sit in the middle where you're giving the optionality for those who want to kind of go the Tribeca route versus the SBL route. You're kind of offering DAOs like an onboarding aspect. And for even for those who don't want to go with, uh, I'd say like either of the two, you're just kind of being that like home base for them to get comfortable with onboard, whether it be from a hackathon, an established protocol, an NFT group. Um, just wondering, I guess, like kind of how you guys see yourself being like that focal point and how you're like, what does the onboarding process look like? Sure, I think it's uh, it's exactly that. Like it's it's the idea that you know a squad doesn't need to be a part of the DAO necessarily, right? So a squad is like can be your team management tool to manage uh, funds together, can be your decision making tool internally. And uh, I mean the onboarding process for a squad is like super intuitive. It's you know three screens. You you know you set the name, the description, add the initial members, and essentially you know hit deploy and you're there. So it's you know the, the setup is not more complicated than setting up a Gnosis multi-signal Ethereum. But then, like the sort of the functionality that's baked into a squad is kind of there to support the immediate needs of your sort of team treasury, right? So, like if you are managing funds, even if like you are part of the DAO or not, you'll still be able to like you know uh, stake them uh, with Marinade at some point. You'll be able to do a swap directly from the vault, and like doing those like sort of like basic things that any any uh, team potentially will will need uh, in terms of managing their funding, and then like getting into sort of streams investing to pay your contributors and and so on. And so that's like the squad is, is sort of agnostic to the governance standard. Like in our minds, uh, it can be used. You know, if you have a, a DAO set up with Tribeca, if you have a DAO set up with SPL, nothing prevents you from you know spinning up a couple of squads as, as departments. But then, on the other hand, you know, a squad is also that kind of entry point before you even get to a place where like you have a DAO, like you're starting to build something on Solana, you join a hackathon, you know, you create one, you potentially like you know you have some more contributors coming along. You get them into a squad. You get some grant or funding. You you know get it funded into the vault. Then you get to you know pay your contributors and uh, essentially diversify parts of that if you want. And then as you sort of progress to you know okay like we're about to launch the protocol, we're about to launch the token, 
you can you know start transitioning to sort of realms or to Tribeca and transfer those uh, sort of parts of your sort of control, like you know the program updates, the treasury, uh, over to you know the governance standard that that you're choosing. And uh, and after you've done that, you can come back to squads and say, okay, now. Uh, we want to spin up a couple of these, uh, you know, under the umbrella of our DAO to actually have, you know, more efficient way to sort of distribute the, the you know, the governance internally. And then uh, we are going to be working though on some closer integrations, like with SPL, uh, because the way sort of the squads, like the architecture behind them, there is a, although they're sort of multi-sig from a product perspective, right? There's no liquid token anywhere, but there is a token that's like locked in the PDA, which we deploy for each squad. And so essentially, you can transfer the mint authority over that squad to a DAO. And now the DAO can vote, you know, let's put people in this squad, let's remove them from that one. And that gives them this kind of like HR capability. So the token holders in the end can just vote, you know, let's move these people around. And and essentially that gives them like another layer of checks and balances, uh, you know, within the DAO for the for the squads that act as like sub-DAOs for it. So we are getting there. Like I think in, in the immediate term, it's going to be sort of, uh, more self-contained, but in the future, that's that's the plan to give that maximum optionality for the for the projects to to get to that place. That's a fantastic overview. Now, you do mention kind of the optionality aspect, and there's so many things that squads can like sit on top of. But when it comes to really just aligning like all the communities, whether it be like NFT-oriented, uh, pro the core protocol on the DeFi side, or again, just anyone just wanting to start their own respective uh, multi-sig or treasury itself, how are you aligning uh, with these? respective parties or these respective stakeholders and which ones are you i guess like prioritizing like which ones have you seen like reach out further and just from like the general activity uh so far sure um i think it's you know the the idea is that like the squad as a primitive should be as agnostic as possible right so we are trying to capture every you know type of type of DAO that that is out there and i also think like i've seen it somewhere on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that like, you know, this categorization that we all kind of came to be used to, which is like, you know, social DAOs, protocol DAOs and, and so on. I think it's it's going to go away in a sense. Like it, it's actually every DAO in the end will be a sort of protocol, social investment DAO, like doing bits of each of those sort of streams uh, at some point in their lifetime. And so, I mean, yes, with, with some uh, optionality. So we do need to bet that like the squad as a primitive should kind of apply to you know the the broader the broader base um, in terms of like our experience with the ecosystem so far um, you know we're, we have been on DevNet for about a month and a half now sort of while we are doing the audit and preparing more integrations and preparing to get to mainnet uh, you know we get about I, I think about 500 squads have been created so far and uh, we are talking to different sort of teams and, and you know people that are sort of spinning those up and I think it's um, so there's a huge part of that, which is like, I just want a user-friendly multi-sig without any sort of further implications. So because the ecosystem doesn't have a multi-sig, it's, it's super important for many. And I think like that's that's been, I think, 50% of the squads that have been created are just like, we really want a multi-sig, we need it to be great. Like, th that's why we're testing, testing it. And then on the sort of DAO side, the NFT communities on Solana are huge. Like, um, they are, I think it's very different from what you see on Ethereum, but like, after some of the some some of these like monumental NFT drops happen, like you know Solana Monkey Business and and Thugbirds, uh, they actually like formed really strong communities around them, like even stronger than some of the uh, sort of initially DAO oriented projects, which are about like creating a community. These guys just managed to to cultivate something something incredible there. And like you know Solana Monkey Business, the the Monkey DAO, they actually have their own validator now, like getting into 
Uh, I think they're also doing some investments like in like in different projects. So it's like a venture arm there. So it is becoming like a, like a massive player in, in the ecosystem. And it's all based on that sort of NFT. Uh, yeah, based on the NFT. And so I think uh, we are definitely, you know, we're talking to a lot of them because we also have, uh, you know, a smaller product that we launched in Mainnet in November, which is specifically catered to NFT communities. Like it, it provides for NFT-based governance on chain. Um, and essentially, we talk to a lot of these communities, and obviously, that's going to be like as soon as we go main that, we do bet that um, you know from our conversation, like a lot of these communities will leverage the squads framework to actually like, bring more sort of clarity and structure to the organization that they have now. Uh, on the protocol side, I think you know that's that really depends um, because I think uh, you know Goki uh, on, on Solana they're doing really well with the sort of program updates aspect because there are certain like technical limitations as well. And we never sort of intended from a product perspective to cover that. So I think it really depends, uh, you know, if you're like a team building on Solana, depends what you're trying to uh, to get to, right? So I think like if you want, if you have a lot of contributors and you need to sort of uh, codify payroll for them, basically, like and, and do it in a very sort of transparent and efficient way, uh, that's like, you know, squads in, in, in a very near term will be really useful for that, right? It's like the idea that it's sort of like... Uh, and an analogous to an LLC vehicle on, on blockchain, although the analogy is not the, the most popular one, but it is like in the end of the day, if you're running a team before you decentralize, it can be a super useful vehicle to like actually, you know, disburse funds, accept VC funding and so on. And so we are betting on on those use cases heavily, heavily as well. Um, and then on the sort of social DAO uh, side, I think we haven't seen as many on Solana yet, uh, but I think that's just a matter of like, um, Sort of social token uh, minting infrastructure that just kind of launched. There's Wumbo, uh, who yeah, I think like about a week ago they just launched. So I do expect that it will be a huge uh, kind of yeah. At some point we'll see an explosion of social DAOs and so on, just because like you know you know the Wumbo interface is great and it allows you to really easily like create a social token. And I think like we will see um, kind of more DAOs uh, springing up there, and we'll also be there to sort of support them with our sort of squads framework. Um, yeah, that's great. One thing that uh, one little thing I want to just pull on a little bit more is essentially like the cycle of DAOs that you mentioned. So like or the cycle that a DAO will like kind of like go through, whether it's from like the initial raise, the idea, the build phase, and then moving more towards like an established DAO and then investing itself. And you think that DAOs are going to move more towards this cycle of being more, for lack of a better term, like a conglomerate that can kind of do all these different actions depending on like what they're faced with. would love to just kind of go a little bit deeper and ask like, how do you see this transitioning from whether it be on like the Ethereum side, the Solana side, do you see that one side is going to, I guess, mature a little bit faster just due to kind of the activity that has been going on and just the experience. And then do you think, uh, I'd say DAOs on like Solana are able to kind of accelerate it by learning from what's working and what isn't on other chains? Yeah, I think that's, um, to, to answer like probably first with the last part of, of what you're saying, like it definitely, um, you know, Solana is looking at other chains and sort of because they like essentially some of the chains had, had had start, but you know, Solana gets to actually see, you know, what works and what doesn't. And I think like it's interesting that, as I mentioned, like we didn't go through the phase of like uh, off chain voting plus multi sig, also because we can't really do off chain voting, but also just because you know, we kind of jumped straight into. Uh, kind of a decentralized setup that that you can see uh, right now with like SPL governance and Tribeca, and I think that kind of shows that uh, you know Solana gets to jump over a couple of like phases of development, which probably are uh, you know for some you know DAOs that are useful, but majority of DAOs obviously I think would all prefer if like decentralization was was higher, like you know some some things usually 
kind of when some events happen uh, and you obviously don't want to have like 20 people controlling the multi-sig, you'd rather have like a full-on um, token holder base being there uh, in charge of the funds and like program updates, considering like when, when a lot is at stake, if you're talking like about huge DeFi protocols with a lot of TVL. Um, so I think, yeah, for, for sure that's that's been that, that's been the case. And I think um, as we progress, like we are about to sort of catch up in a way, right? Because like, you know, Ethereum right now is all about like these sort of modular, smaller tools um, that sort of, you know, a DAO can utilize sort of separately. And uh, Solana, I think, is going to get there as well. Like you already can see it like with us, with a grape. Uh, and as we progress and particularly like, because there are certain, you know, because composability is, uh, it, it, you know, assuming what Ethereum does in the future with all the L2s, but obviously like one of the bigger advantages of Solana is like, it's, you know, a single L1, right? So like the composability uh, sort of angle there is, uh, you know, probably gonna, gonna, gonna feel better. And so I think like this is where uh, a lot of the interesting sort of DAO tooling innovations can happen. A lot of the sort of, I'm, I'm quite interested in like in seeing in the future what sort of interfaces can be built right on top of the different DAO tools to sort of kind of pull a lot of this sort of information in one place and allow for like an easy, you know, dashboard to dashboard to actually like, uh, govern certain things from, from one app. But I don't think we're anywhere near near there yet. So yeah, I do, I do think that um, it, it, we're sort of catching up and also kind of not really replicating everything that, that we can see on Ethereum and actually like uh, some of those, like, you know, even the NFT-based governance thing, like it's uh, hasn't haven't really happened on, on Ethereum before, right? So it's the idea that, you know, it's kind of unique to, to the Solana ecosystem. And there are more, um, sort of more of these examples. And I think like the curve style voting as well, it's an interesting example because on Solana, I think you're going to see a lot of protocols going in that direction, uh, potentially even adopting, you know, it sort of in more numbers than you can see on ETH. So there are sort of interesting, it's a really interesting parallel to, to watch uh, as, it, as it unfolds. Seems like a lot of experiments going on, and I feel like they're in kind of a fantastic position on the Solana side to pick and choose what works, what does not. Now, just really taking a look at the entire ecosystem, like what kind of tools do you particularly like out there? Which ones do you t kind of take inspiration from? Just curious, um, kind of like what you're looking for, and again, like what uh, this squad's looking to kind of integrate long term. Sure, I think um, well, there is yeah, in terms of. Um what inspires us in the in, in terms of the tooling uh, on Solana ecosystem, I think um, there's, yeah, we really are uh, sort of amazed by the structured products boom that recently happened. I think like there's a, you know, it's a huge design space and like some of the great teams like, you know, Katana and Friction are, are building some amazing tooling. So we do um, look at what they're doing closely and we do believe that like it's a good, you know, they're great for treasury diversification of a DAO, of a team. So I think that's like we're going to be looking closely at these integrations in the near term because it's a really also you know from a, like a product perspective it's a really easy uh, solution for the for the treasury to just you know say you know let's put percentage of our funds into that vault and it will just you know generate yield for us so I think it's a really nice and, and sort of concise way for for diversification and then uh, there's sort of like the the sort of amazing uh, kind of solidified basic things that you know Solana came to be good at like you know the swaps. You know what Jupiter is doing with sort of aggregating different uh, DEXs to allow like for the best offer for the swap. Uh, so we're we're close to looking at at how to get that experience into the squad's uh, sort of UI directly. So it's like subject to a proposal, you can do a swap uh, directly from the UI. Um, there's obviously like uh, marinade staking, right? So like you know the the most um, probably the most basic thing you want to do with with your soul is is stake it with marinade, and I think. That's again something we're going to be looking into fairly soon post post mainnet to, to get into, and then uh, the streams because I think like Solana 
uh, you know, in Ethereum you have Superfluid, which are great. And then on Solana, there's actually like uh, a lot of competing streaming standards that are all sort of exploring different ways to approach it. And uh, in our minds, you know, Squad is like a contributor management uh, payment solution is great. And so it definitely needs sort of streams investing to be integrated. And so we're going to be working closely with Streamflow to get our streams in. And I think that's actually going to happen sooner rather than later because they are sort of ready with their um, tech almost. And so as soon as like uh, there's green light, uh, that will be also like one of the sort of early integrations we'll do to allow, you know, for squad members to stream uh, payroll to their contributors like you know, every second that they want. And so I think like this is one of the I'm I'm also really curious to see sort of what happens um, in terms of in terms of streaming in the in the Solana space, but it, it's been it's been growing really fast. Um, and then yeah, I can also like comment quickly maybe on the Ethereum side as well because the we, we are looking at a lot of the tools uh, out there that that are also doing some great. Work. Obviously, you know, Orca uh, sort of uh, adopting the the pods model, and this is uh, I think this is going to be huge for for the Ethereum ecosystem. We really like what Utopia Labs is doing as well. I think like this uh, kind of easier. Uh, yeah, I mean, treasury management and sort of, again, like it's getting into like contributor payroll territory and like one click payouts and things like this. Um, so we are, yeah, I think th those are like the, the newer tools that we which we're really looking forward to. I think Syndicate is really interesting as well, because I think like um, we always kind of thought of, you know, a squad being sort of an investment vehicle, but in a very sort of different sense, in the sense that like, you know, people come together, they literally like pull funds into the multi-sig and then jointly vote where to send them. While here it's like, you know the, what they launched recently, like a full-on sort of investment club uh, with like a you know really scalable architecture that that they've allowed for. It. I think it's really interesting. So um, yeah, there are definitely a lot of inspiration uh, in both ecosystems, and we hope to sort of yeah um, ho hope to integrate with a lot of these solutions on Solana. And you know we're not thinking about going to other chains yet, but you know we'll we'll see we'll see how things progress. Excellent, Sam, but like all the projects that you mentioned and really looking forward to, especially from the uh, syndicate launch. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of investment clubs spinning up over the next couple of months, um, which are going to be fantastic and just bring more people into the space, which kind of brings me to my next question. Like you mentioned kind of pods, treasury management, investment clubs. Do you think that moves the needle to bring the next 100 million users into the space? Or to you, is there something different? Is there something that needs to be built? Like what is kind of that next moment to onboard all these users? And realistically, are we even prepared as an ecosystem across all the respective chains to bring on another 100 million? Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, we're getting there in terms of like, you know, being able to handle that amount of, of users. Um, I think as you know, it's, it's a kind of a popular opinion, but it is true, like on the sort of UX and product side, there are improvements to be made. So I think like that's one of the things that put the top of the list, like in terms of onboarding a lot of new users is like, you know, the UX needs to get much better. And that's like something we've been always uh, focusing on the squads as well as you know, trying to make the UI as intuitive as possible. You know, as little as you know, as little clicks as, as possible for you know, spinning up a squad and, and sort of interacting with it. And so, I think yeah, I mean, UX is a huge part of that. I also think like the way to approach it is like what Syndicate I think is a good example because like it takes something very like you know, Web three wallet or like a multi sig and uh, puts kind of a more puts their own sort of wrapper and features on it uh, and allows for that kind of bridging to happen with. Uh, Sort of web two world in a way right because like there's some legal agreements baked in and i think like this is an approach that is probably something that will allow for that like 100 million users to transition is like figuring out what are these uh, sort of appropriate web two bridges that you can sort of leverage to actually make that happen like one of the things i'm thinking about for squads and we actually like had discussed this about an hour ago is like the idea that you can sort of replicate the 
sort of squads uh, framework within your like DAO Discord, right? And essentially uh, have like a channel for each squad and like have the notifications flow of like things that are happening with like links to drop into, uh, you know, a particular proposal or, or something. So it's like, I think that's the main approach. Like we need to, we need to make a really good user experience within Web3 and then figure out like the smart bridging between the two. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's just about like getting those users in, in a kind of more, a more familiar fashion for them. So like for syndicate, it's like legal agreements for us, maybe it will be sort of discord on Twitter, which I think is also like happening. There's also like, I forgot to mention in the sort of ecosystem uh, list of projects that I like, like Cardinal is in U1, like that's what they're, they're focusing on. Like uh, right now we're doing like an integration with them to link uh, sort of Twitter profiles to like your squad membership. And I think like those even little things, like they, they make a huge difference for the way that you sort of interact with the application. And I think um, those kind of solutions will be a huge part in bridging, in bridging like those users from sort of web two to web three. And I think uh, we'll see that happening in the, in the near future. I agree. Uh, I feel like the UX experience is uh, not the best when it comes to a lot of these uh, chains. Like even for myself, like going through, it's like, oh, why didn't this work? And having to dig in a little bit further, um, definitely getting there. Um, but we're still a long way. I'd say we're around like kind of a two out of 10 in order to get us to even just midway. We're looking at a lot from the UX design. There shouldn't be any questions like it, probably not like designing for like my mother, but definitely designing for uh, people who are more like maybe a couple of years older, being able to like onboard and just not have to, there's no tech support really. No one's going to be going to the Discord on an everyday basis. So just really getting everyone involved and a nice fluid seamless process. Now, from like a squad's perspective, like how are you focused on really onboarding those users? Yeah, I think it's, um, so there's like, um, the way we look at it, right? There's like two sides to this. One is sort of like uh, a retail side in the sense that you know, trying to be as vocal as possible and showcasing the sort of user friendliness of the app. And so to say, like, you want a user friendly multi-sig, you want to control your funds together, like this is the, the way to go. No, no sort of strings attached. Don't need to worry about, you know, being part of the DAO or like thinking about sort of bigger things. So that's like one part of that. And that mostly involves like um, useful integrations that essentially I, I kind of describe like in a way for us to uh, be able to, you know, allow for users to, really in an intuitive way, come together, pull their funds together and then do stuff, right? like do stuff uh, as a group, right? And I think like this is where uh, a lot of this, uh, like the growth that we expect is coming from because at the same time, like a squad itself is like a useful onboarding tool, right? Because like I'm new to the space, I don't really know anything. I'm coming to you uh, or to someone like who's been into it for a while and like we, you know, join the same squad and sort of like that person can really guide me uh, through a couple of these sort of things and showing like this is sort of, you know, this is a swap, that's what you do with thinking. Like, and so you can experience it firsthand, but with sort of someone that actually has been in the space for a bit. So the squad itself is quite cool for just like, yeah, onboarding people into it. And then, so that's like one side of things. And the other side, side of things is like working with these uh, sort of larger DAOs on Solana, smaller DAOs on Solana and talking to the communities and saying, you know, like this is something that you can really leverage to also like get start, you know, start thinking about your own internal org design rather than just, you know, here's a token, like we vote on things. Think about, you know, who's actually doing what what are your sort of uh, you know the the skill sets that you can sort of pinpoint to and say okay like these are our designers like let's put them in this sort of squad these are like our developers and so that's kind of the idea that um, I think we're going to be kind of leaning heavily on in the next few months and as as we sort of get to main it and start actually you know plugging it into sort of different DAOs th those are like the two the two ways that we're going to approach it with and I think both are kind of yeah both are really interesting I, I think in the end of the day. Uh, Solana ecosystem is fairly young and like there aren't that many DAOs that are at the stage where like 
they're thinking about okay we need to you know have a more complex organizational structure with like a lot of sub DAOs and like really complex procedures internally so i think there is a there is a certain time that needs to pass for that to really happen uh, but there are obviously some DAOs that are ready for it like monkey DAO, like mango and some other ones um, but then on the sort of retail side there's a you know huge huge space to uh, to conquer because like uh, you know a multi-sig is as a vehicle for sort of group experience on 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 Solana is something that we're really really excited to finally finally release. I completely agree from like the onboarding perspective. Like it's very difficult to kind of get users in. Um, I feel like most users who kind of join, it's uh, it's going through a Discord and they're cluttered with random messages. There's GM channels everywhere. They're trying to like figure out like what is step one and how do I get involved. And not even from the involvement perspectives, like if you do really want to, like it, it gets tough because you have these kind of DAO leaders who are not able to kind of dedicate the time to really onboard that initial user who just kind of found something online, clicked a Discord link. So just really like creating kind of like either standards or just uh, information to kind of walk people through is really going to help. And that just helps with overall like the user experience that everyone's going to get from joining these respective communities. And it creates like a sense of ownership. Sure. And, and I think like just to, to, to jump in quickly, I think also, you know, the squad experience of like your, your group chat getting a transition into a squad, like, you know, 50 people is actually a kind of a, a mini DAO experience as well. Like you get to interact with a joint treasury with proposals, you get to sort of coordinate on sort of joint decision making. And so essentially that can be your sort of template uh, to get familiar with, you know, once you get into like sort of larger DAOs that have more complex procedures. You already are quite familiar with the like you know you need to know that like okay I'm voting on this um you know looking at the treasury and like can propose something to to send the funds uh, to that address or to buy that asset and so I think like that in the long run also helps a lot of these sort of newcomers to the Solana ecosystem because also like the, the interesting part about Solana is like a lot of the users that come uh, to to sort of to the, to, uh, to Solana they're actually never had experience with Ethereum before so it's like for them it's the first time Web three interaction and so I think. Um, that you know, a squad also because like it's a, because it's super intuitive to get into a squad and create one. You don't need to mint any tokens. There's a, you know, it's just like public keys, name, description, and, and that's pretty much it, right? And and then you hit deploy. And so I think that also is kind of an interesting experiment to see like these sort of groups interact with each other on smaller scale as like a training setup for when you know they join or become DAOs in the future. I was actually going to mention, I was like, it's essentially like these kind of group chats. So you go from a group chat to a squad with your friends. And this is like acting as the training wheels to really get everyone kind of up to speed of like, this is the interactions. This is what you're dealing with. This is how we vote on something. This is even where like the assets are stored. Like how can you look to see where it is on chain and just walking people through those. And then they can finally graduate. It's like, oh, I like the mango markets. Like, how do I get into this respective now? Like, how do I get more involved? Is there a way to even just like vote? whether it be from like a token itself or even from like an NFT and separating kind of that value of like governance and token approval. Sure. And I think like that also, we're, we're, it's not really on the roadmap yet, but we are talking about this extensively internally is like, you know, the idea of delegation and the way that like a squad can potentially be a vehicle to accumulate governance power for like, you know, a particular protocol and then delegate it to like a squad member who can then go and like vote on proposals and so that like is a sort of a vehicle to essentially like you know web three political parties right because like or unions right because like you get to coordinate and like pull your sort of like governance power together to actually affect change in a much kind of more meaningful way and so again this is something that like we're more kind of dreaming in our own discord internally and like thinking about this but i think we're actually going to see 
uh, some more experiments on that on the Ethereum side as well, because I, I have seen some of the some of the interesting use cases for it. But yeah, this is something that can potentially also transform what squads can be in the future. But this is something that we're just yeah dreaming about for now. Love to just kind of like pick on this a little bit. We're pulling this a little bit more. Like when it comes to kind of these political parties and like how you're even thinking about like the structure itself, I think that's just like the natural progression of, of like we've had this decentralized world. Everyone is working with like various tokens, decision making, a lot of it's off chain, on chain, and just bring things uh, to a collective amount. I know like uh, ENS did a great job from like the delegation aspect is like, okay, you're going to claim these tokens and then you have to delegate to a respective party. I see that kind of like being like the onboard for like, or the next iteration of like how we're going to be thinking about um, kind of governance because one token to one vote is like pretty uh, disorganized. You need to kind of like align all the users. And I think that delegation strategy is going to be something that's uh, used overall or long-term. Yeah. And I think like as protocols become more interconnected and like, that's what I think like Curve is, is really interesting as a use case because like, yeah, they have their own sort of specific, uh, yeah, I mean like Curve style voting is great as a mechanism and all that, but like even the idea that, you know, the you know protocols become really dependent on each other now. and like that also affects the users because then like if you know governance is, is is swayed in a particular way it can benefit users of one protocol over the other and so that like creates a real economic incentive for you know users to come together and say okay we're actually going to make like a decentralized whale that gets to actually like vote in a specific way because we're like all staked in that other protocol and really want uh like to get more rewards or something so i think like that as well uh, is something that we're going to see more of. And I think it's just sort of the, yeah, we're just scratching the surface with that as well. From the casual perspective, you can see what's happened with like Nouns DAO and like the iteration or the new protocols that sprung up, um, like Shark DAO and Coop and a couple others, where like these are just all looking to acquire like a respective NFT. And then that gives you kind of ownership over the treasury. Like I see these experiments happening more and more. And I think that's kind of a good thing. And then obviously, if you're bringing it more to like, the uh, real arena of, okay, you have the, what's going on with Curve, you have all these tokens, uh, all these protocols trying to acquire respective tokens, whether it be from Convex, and then you have these iterations that go layer by layer by layer. But like, when does it stop? And like, when do you kind of think about like, oh, Squatch could actually like make sure there's a cutoff point here. Like, how, how do you see that evolving? I think like, so, so you're basically asking like, wh where where does it sort of end in terms of like the... <laughs> where, where does it end or do we just keep going in continuous cycles? And then like, how does I guess that uh an onlooker who's in web 2 looking at all this happening being like what is going on here like how do you even go from like the ex explanation point of like not even from like what's happening but specifically curve just like all this like kind of on-chain power struggle or power grasping i think the the answer is like it, it kind of uh, you know the traditional finance world is like sort of a good example in that sense because like there are lots of things that are happening on like more advanced level which sort of, you know, more sort of retail part of the sort of banking system users are not familiar with, right? Like I can be just interacting with my bank account to send, uh, you know, money to someone and receive it, right? And I think like that's, you know, our job with squads as well. And like that's, we actually are like going to be announcing so, sort of like the, the way that we're going to approach it soon is like it's going to be more modular as well. So like we want to have like a squad as a primitive and then like the things we just talked about, like in terms of like delegation and getting some additional features there, some of that like will be really modular, like it will not be baked into the main app. And so like if you want to interact with just like the simple setup, you don't need to really like get get deeper into into the other thing. So I think that's kind of the the answer for us is like obviously I, I don't know like depending on the way the ecosystem goes and like how sort of use cases broaden, we can keep obviously building different layers on top of squads to allow like to broaden that uh, use case base. But I think like on the on the base level, the squad as a primitive will remain 
this really user-friendly multi-sig with like the core things that you need to do as a team with your funds, right? Like, you know, stream, accept uh, the funds and then send them anywhere and uh, sort of stake and, and swap potentially. So I think like that's the, that's the main, the simplest setup. And then everything else will sort of be like a separate add-on that if, you know, if you want to play on hard mode, you can plug it in and, and get there. But I think in the, yeah. So I think like for, for the majority of users, they will stick to that kind of uh, multi-sig experience and then potentially uh, as well as like, as you know, DAOs grow and like the uh, kind of the, you know, essentially a squad can interact with different DAOs, like a sort of a contractor or like a sub DAO that's like working for different ones. I think a squad can also be like a really useful framework for uh, these sort of, uh, you know, groups that provide services. And I think that's again, something that's more closer to like the general uh, sort of users rather than more advanced ones. And so I think like, we'll see that kind of use case, uh, I think take over at some point as well. So yeah, I think it will stay kind of there. Um, and uh, those that want something more complex, they'll be able to plug in some of the add-ons that we're going to be building on top. That's awesome that like Squaz is really thinking about this kind of like the long-term vision of like, this is what's going to happen. This is where we're currently at. How do we become like people or how do we design this from like a people focus in addition to like, what are these uh, large DAOs really demanding right now from like uh, an experience? What do they need to facilitate? And like, how long would it take to even get to that capacity or to that type of functionality? Now, you kind of mentioned uh, this is on the long-term roadmap, but like, what what about the next six months? Like, what what does squads look like in the next six months? Uh, launching on mainnet, a couple other things, but would love to kind of like uh, dig into that. Sure. So we are about to finish the security audit that's been uh, yeah happening for the last few weeks, um, and that's pretty much the, the the last hurdle before we get to mainnet. So as soon as it's done, uh, we're gonna we're gonna launch on mainnet, and we're gonna make some announcements for that soon. Uh, and sort of the next six months are about uh, sort of perfecting that uh, team level experience, right? So it's going to be because, you know, in our minds, like we can obviously get deeper into the kind of, you know, squads and DAOs interactions. Uh, but I think if the experience within the squad is sort of suboptimal, it's not there, it's not going to really work. So for us, like right now, the idea that, you know, from a UX perspective, from the integrations and features perspective, it's like, that, that it's there, like it's done. And so I think that's what the six, next six months are gonna be about, primarily focusing on that squad experience, but also sort of working out like the sort of more simple integrations with like Tribeca and uh, and Realms to essentially allow for that relationship to start happening between DAOs and squads. But then obviously down the line, uh, we would like to actually have like a separate tool that acts as like an HR dashboard so you can come in and like manage different squads from the DAO perspective. And so the next six months are about swaps staking directly from the vault uh, and kind of adding, you know, as many social aspects to it as possible, like custom URLs, linking Twitter, uh, and potentially having that also sort of Discord link as well. So you can get to like the experience of a sort of uh, propo- uh, notifications happening uh, in sort of in real time for, for you as well. So I think like that's what it's going to be mostly about. We also have some uh, kind of redesign plans as well to actually make it even more uh, kind of intuitive and user-friendly in the future. So uh, in, in the near term, that's our main focus. And uh, the sort of integrations that uh, we're doing right now are sort of with some of the best uh, protocols and teams on Solana. And I think uh, you know, we'll be able to actually have a lot of output by the end of these six months. And like it will be a really self-contained unit. Um, also, I should note that we are exploring heavily uh, sort of a way for that to, you know, because we are talking to a lot of teams that are sort of, you know, building on Solana now, and there is a huge need for, you know, assistance with like uh, sort of legal side of things as well. 
And, uh, you know, if you are using a squad to actually like receive your uh, venture capital funding and then disburse it to your contributors and sort of uh, and employees, essentially, we are going to be looking closely within this next uh, like six months frame or uh, sort of time frame to actually uh, yeah maybe provide these kind of additional services as well. So like you can easily uh, kind of spin up an LLC, attach it to a squad and then like have these kind of agreements with your contributors baked in. So this is something that's uh, heavily discussed internally right now. Uh, but you know, for for us, uh, it's all about getting to mainnet as soon as possible, as secure as possible, with like the the best experience that that we can uh, provide for the user. It sounds like you're trying to cut us out. <laughs> but no, that that's fantastic. I, I really um kind of love the vision, the path that you're going on. Really focusing on like the people and from like that design perspective, and just really thinking about like what do they need in order from like a small group to then expand to these larger ones, and then keeping everyone on the same page. And from the DAO to DAO uh, or the squad to squad interaction, just those relationships are going to be interesting to see, especially like long term goal of those like political parties and just what is it? It doesn't even have to be like political from uh, that aspect, just like all these groups just really uh, fighting for whatever they're uh, or passionate about whatever they're going after. So I think that's a fantastic thing to see. And then it's really looking forward to squads building on the Solana ecosystem and being at the heart of it all. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to delivering fairly soon as well, which is, yeah. Which was all about like the last few months are all about that. So hopefully soon. Perfect. Well, thanks again for coming on, Stefan. Really appreciate your time. Like this has been fantastic. If you have any uh questions, concerns, anything, uh what is uh where's the best place to kind of reach out to you? Um you can find me on Twitter and DM me with any of your questions. I'm like I get a lot of questions about how I came from a legal world to actually building stuff on Web3. So I'm happy to elaborate on that. And if you if you have any questions on that respect. And then, yeah, Telegram is also, um, my, my Telegram is quite public, so you can ping me there. And yeah, I mean, if you have any questions or ideas, feel free to feel free to reach out. Yeah, he is absolutely crushing it on Twitter right now. He's doing like a thread every other day, <laughs> like regarding governance, new launches, how he's thinking about the space. Like it's fantastic. And definitely uh, think everyone should try to pick his uh, mind at some point after mainnet launch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time, sir. I'm really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Rob. Thanks for having me. And that was, that was a great one. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Delphi podcast. If you enjoyed it, please support the show by hitting subscribe on your podcast app, writing a review, or sharing this episode on Twitter or LinkedIn. Stay tuned for our next episode. Out soon.